All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 258, and this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS. This is awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write the show at PS. This is awesome at gmail.com. Most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Leave comments. Make sure to rate our podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, we're a video podcast, so you can watch a show on our YouTube channel if you prefer. And for new and or longtime listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support our show for $1 a month at the level called the One and Only $1 Club. Head over to patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. And you can become a $1 patron, and we will mail you a free die-cut vinyl sticker in the mail and give you a shout-out on our show. And you also might get some early content. With all of that out of the way, Jake, how are you today? Acceptable. <laughs> I so so I was like uh, before we started the podcast, I was thinking like because my, my brother did that that video. Yeah. I think I might need to still send it to you. Yeah, I don't have. But um, so I guess we haven't really talked about it on the podcast. My brother did this video, made this video for me for Christmas. It was basically. Every single introduction that I had in the entirety of 2022 in oh, the video so is just like, P.S. P.S. This is how Jake's doing in 2022. And uh, it made me think that I said the word good a lot. So I before the podcast, I was like, I'm just going to Google synonyms for good and try and use like a different one every fucking podcast. And uh I don't know what this website is. Thesaurus.com. So it should be a reasonable website. Yeah. Uh, I just picked the first one and it was acceptable. However, oddly enough, one of the synonyms, I'm not really sure why, is Jake. (laughs) Uh, Really? (laughs) I fucking swear to God. I'm doing pretty Jake today. That's good. Yeah, I I don't understand. Is that a real thing? It must be. It says antonyms for Jake. Okay, unacceptable, unsatisfactory, unpleasant. Synonyms for Jake. Acceptable, wonderful, rad, congenial. It must select. be some sort of slang. It's got to be, I guess. I mean, you know I mean, what? That makes here. sense because there's that ska band called Less Than Jake. And I bet you that's what that means. Less than good. Never would have thought that yeah. in a million I years. I bet you that's what I it not, means, though. Had I not typed in the word good to thesaurus.com. Well, you learn so something every day. You learn something new every day. Also, I've been uh, trying to play guitar a little bit more because I like literally in the last five years I've played it I've played almost zero guitar. Pretty much the only thing I've played is bass with the band. And pretty much only when the band is playing. Like right. I don't take time out of my day to to pick up an instrument usually and um did you know that ibanez back in the day when i say back in the day like in the late 90s made an electric nylon string guitar no like classical nylon string guitar the body is like a like a super strat style Mm -hmm. like body but it's 
a fucking nylon guitar. It's got a classical headstock on it. It's got it doesn't have any traditional magnetic pickups in it. It must be all like piezo or something built into it. And uh, the only reason why I even heard about this is because I don't know if you've heard of that um, that kind of up and coming instrumental band Polyphia. I don't know but if I have. They, yeah, so basically they're like they're just an instrumental band, but like the they're like fucking guitar virtuosos and they just are insane. And so I've just been watching some videos on them and their their newest album that just came out this year or whatever has some songs on it that feature a electric nylon guitar and the the guitarist of the band was talking about how he found one of these Ibanez guitars in a store when they were touring Europe Mm. in like the late 90s or sorry it's from the late 90s but he found it like a few years ago in this store and he was like this thing is awesome but I don't like but it was a it was a fucking commercial flop that's why they don't make them it's like who's gonna buy an electric nylon guitar but uh he was like, yeah, I, I want one of these. So they like made him a custom version of it. And now you can buy them again under his like signature line oh, wow, or whatever. That's so it's, it's just, it's pretty weird. Cause you wouldn't like, you would never associate like classical Spanish nylon guitars with electric guitars. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's just it's something interesting that I came across this past yeah, week. Yeah. Learning but, all kinds of things today. Thank you. Yeah. So how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot going on on my end. We have six of ten songs done now for the One of My Land album, and I'm still waiting to hear. You guys could not go any slower. Pretty soon I'm going to call you Axl Rose, and you're going to have to call this fucking Chinese democracy too. Yeah, right. No, but it's coming along really, really well. And and now it's all my fault because I I have to do vocals, and my voice is not holding up. I've been congested the last couple weeks. I don't know what's going on. So I'll I'll get a song done, and by the time I'm done singing it, like my voice is just fried. So i got to wait like a week. So it's taking a while to put the vocals down. But I have six of the ten done, and I'm really, really pleased with how it's coming together. And uh, I think Troy's as well. I don't think there's a bad song on it so far of the six we've done. I think they all sound fantastic. They're all good in their own in their own right for their own reasons, which is what an album should be. And uh, it's funny because Jim, our drummer, was texting. He goes, man, you know, I, you know, I kind of enjoy listening to this record. This is really good. And Troy was like, "Yeah, that's the fucking point. <laughs> like, the point. The point is to to make a record that you would want to listen to yourself. You know what I mean? Like that's the point of being in a band. Like y- you want to make something that you're proud of. But not only that, but something that like you know maybe you can't get exactly elsewhere. Like you you know you want to hear what you're doing because you believe in it. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, that's the point, man. Is to put on your own music and and if you can groove to your own music, then you know you're doing something right." You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I think we're doing pretty good on it. And waiting to hear back from CD Projekt Red about the Cyberpunk submission. We haven't heard anything yet. We were thinking, I think we had, uh, winners going to be notified, I think I said, by the end of February. So, I just keep checking my mail, hoping shit doesn't go to spam. And, uh, I mean, I'm going to be so pissed off. If something goes to spam, they're like, oh, yeah, you've been selected. But, like, it just fucking filters it out. Uh, hopefully, they would try to, like, reach me more than once. You know what I mean? If that is the case. Um, How many songs did they pick in? Ten? Uh, ten to fifteen, I think. So mm, nine, nine to fourteen, ten to fifteen, something like that. Some sort of weird array like that. But yeah, so things are good, man. I'm just uh, cruising through the through the weekend. Um, I didn't do what did I? I have a ring doorbell now on my. Um, and my, you know, we were talking about home security systems and stuff, and I didn't have a doorbell that worked at my house. 
uh, the wiring or whatever that ran to it wasn't working. It's bad. And following that electric wiring through the house back to like this power, it's just so ridiculous. It's like in my kitchen is like where the chime was for the original doorbell. And uh, I'm not following that through the fucking house. So I, I tried wireless doorbells, like the cheap ones, and they don't ever seem to work. And the batteries would always die on the chime. So I went with the Ring doorbell on Black Friday. And uh, I'll tell you what, um, it's it's a blessing and a curse because every time there's movement out front, like I want to just look at it. Like so I'm just like I got to I gotta know what's going on out front. <laughs> and like I live in the city kind of. So like there's always some shit going on in my front yard, like people walking their dogs or whatever. But I will say last night I was freaked out because at 2 in the morning – it was like there's motion at your front door. It woke me up. It was like, it makes this noise. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? So I pulled up, especially with all this coverage of these Idaho murders. And I'm just like, oh my God, like someone's trying to break in and kill me or something. Yeah, so I'm freaking out. And uh, I'm watching, and it's just like, because the, it was like dark out, first of all, the night vision's really good on this. But because it was dark out and because the camera doesn't really kick on instantaneously it does it does and and it's serviceable but it was snowing and stuff last night there's just like this like weird apparition of a figure just walking across the sidewalk at two in the morning in front of my house but you could hear like the boots dragging and i'm like what the fuck's going on at two in the morning in front of my house so like I'm a little weirded out, but then I just go back to bed and then like i must have fell asleep right away because like it went said this movement in your front yard and i'm like what so I open it up again, and I'm in the live view, right? And I'm watching it, and I hear – and it's this person walking the other way in front of my house. It was just like 2.15. I only slept for like 10 minutes, and it happened again. And then I'm watching through my ring camera, and my ring camera has like this real nice like uh, fisheye lens, right? And I see this person walk – because there's been like some break-ins on, in, on our street. And I'm like, man, maybe maybe this is the person. Who fucking knows? And – uh and it's still dark out, so you can see – except the figure is a little more obvious now. Um, so it picks it up. It starts recording about ah, right in front of my door, and they just keep walking, and they pass my house, and they pass my neighbor's house. And my – but the like I said, it's like a fisheye lens. But then they stand on the corner, literally motionless for 15 seconds, and they're just standing there. And I'm like, what? I'm watching this in real time. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> this is like, is somebody sleepwalking? Like, what? And then and then they just turn. They do like a 90-degree turn. And then they just start walking up the hill. And I'm like, this is really kind of creepy. So, like, yeah, the ring doorbell, great investment, I think, but also kind of freaked me out last night. So, um, that's Probably story. someone trying to buy drugs just couldn't find the right house. Probably, yeah. Probably something really explainable. Like you make it sound like I live in a terrible neighborhood. Like there's drug dealers everywhere. But no, there. I, I think there is something going on down the road. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So, anyways, it's uh, pretty wild, really. But I. That's that's all that's new with me. Um, woke up today. We're doing some rearranging in the house. Just uh, mixing it up a little bit, cleaning up a little bit. I have an issue with my car with the analog brakes. I took my car to Flynn's um, and uh, I got some snow tires and they replaced the tires. Well, it, that's fine. Uh, you know, they, they put them on the wheels. I didn't have any wheels for them, so they mounted them to, to the wheels. No big deal. I'm happy about it. And then I needed a new starter and I wasn't going to pay an arm and a leg to do it. And I couldn't get my car jacked up. Maybe I already talked about this. So I, I took it, took it to my uncle's and – 
uh, it turned out that when they put the new tires on, they didn't seal any of them. They're supposed to spray that seal around the rim because my, my, my cousin, who's a mechanic, pulled uh, – well, because my tire was flat when I got there. And I was like, I just got these put on, and there was leakage coming out around the valve stem. And so he pulled off the tire to try to get the valve stem patched up. And uh, he's like, this tire wasn't even fucking sealed. If they just put this on, he goes, it wasn't sealed correctly. And I'm like, oh, well, that instills a lot of confidence. So he put a new valve stem in that was like an auto – auto. they make these valve stems that have sensors in them, right, to, to connect with your computer in your car or whatever to tell you when the tires are low and stuff. It had like an auto sensor on it. Well, long story short, it didn't sync up in his garage. They don't do a lot of tire work, but they can replace a tire and stuff, but they don't. So he didn't have the re the, the, the coding tool to like get it to sync up with the rest of my valve stems. And, uh, so Flynn's kind of fucked everything up. And then anyways, I'm just like, well, it's fine. It's full. If the lights on the lights on, I don't really care. As long as my car is working fine. Well, the last two days, my ABS brakes have been kicking on for no reason. And I think my car thinks that my tires are flat and it's trying to do some sort of safety thing. So I have an appointment now with Toyota. So long story short, don't fucking let Flynn's do your fucking tires here in this area because um, they'll screw them up. And it could be an ABS sensor that's bad or something, but chances are it's tied to the computer and... None of that shit would have happened if they would have just sealed my tire and did it right to begin with. So, anyways, I should have taken it back to You should have taken it back to him. I, I agree. I should have. But I already had the, you know, I, they were fine for like a day or two. And then, you know, because it was leaking through the valve stem, it wasn't like a flat where it just lost all its air at once. But it was pretty, I don't know. Anyway, long story short, I'm just kind of pissed about the whole thing. Um, but that's, that's all that's new with me, man. Um, so... Uh, we are now fresh into 2023, right? This is it. PSS is awesome. 2023, we've covered all of our stuff from 2022 now. You guys got the God of War Ragnarok bonus episode. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. So welcome to the new year with us. And uh, first things first, we're going to get into some games that we're playing. And I'm really excited to talk about something here. And uh, I don't even know what possessed me to do this. But I've been playing some games, dude. So I beat Stray, first off. And uh, it was really original. I really liked it. Uh, I enjoyed the ending. I thought it was a cute little game. I think anyone who's interested in these kind of like artsy-fartsy kind of games, and if you like cats at all, like, you know, it's not it's not like a game, like there's lots of gameplay. It's more of like little, a bunch of little puzzles, right? You're not like fucking like fighting or doing anything. You're just like running and evading, and then you're like trying to solve puzzles and build a story, and then by the end, it's over. It was really good. The graphics were fantastic. Um, really, really, really enjoyed the game. I'm through that. I just picked up Far Lone Sales, which we talked about briefly on the show. It had really cool artworks with all those really big, awesome-looking machines. Um, and I thought that that was going to be like a point-and-click game. I picked it up on Steam, though, because it's on sale for $3. And uh, I really wanted to play this game. So I found it on Steam, and it's actually available on Mac. So I got it, and uh, this game's rad. It's so cool so far, and uh, it's very atmospheric. It's also kind of artsy-fartsy, but the the idea of this game far, it's available on the PS5, PS4, um, is that you're just like this little character, and it's a kind of whimsical world, but you control the character, and essentially all you do is you can jump, move left and right, and grab items, right? And then the items that you grab, 
interface with the world in one way or the other. But the, what you do in this game is is you control this huge fucking ship that that like is like a huge tank or something. It's not like made to like destroy things. It's just like your it's your vehicle. And it's huge. And there's all these so imagine like little big planet, how you would make levels in Little Big Planet, right? And you would attach things like little buttons that would do different things. Like you push a button, you go forward, you push button, you go backwards for little vehicles. That's how they would like utilize like that game engine. The vehicle that you're in has all these little doodads and buttons and stuff. And your little character, you just control them and they have like a furnace. So the, 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 the vehicle runs on steam engine. So you have to grab like fucking junk and stuff from outside and throw it into this furnace to keep the, the energy up. And as it builds up steam, you got to go – as your vehicle's moving, like you're playing inside the vehicle. So you have all the background and then you have the vehicle that you're moving around in. And uh, it runs into walls and shit as you're playing the game. And then you got to troubleshoot. Like, okay, what do I need to do? You know, do I need to let out some steam? Do I got to go fucking somehow find a way to lift this bridge so I can get my vehicle through it? And then there's like a fire extinguisher in there. There's like a welding kit in there. So like it's this really neat fucking idea of a game, dude. Far Lone Sales is awesome. I think it's called Lone Sales. Yeah. Um so cool. And I would recommend this game just based on what I've played of it so far. If you're into those kind of games, it's really fucking rad. And it looks cool too. So the big one though, Death Stranding. What the fuck? Dude, how have I not played this game? <laughs> like, I think when this game came out, I got the director's cut. I think when this game came out, all I was seeing was like, oh, it's a fucking walking simulator. Oh, it's, you know, it's. It's so boring. All you do is walk from point A to point B. And all these fucking reviews were so negative on this game. Dude, it's fucking brilliant. This game is so fucking spot on. I know it's a divisive game. But, dude, like the... the on- I mean, to be fair, you, you literally just walk from point A to point B. You just have to do shit along the way. I mean, it's 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 like a walking simulator Kojima-fied. Dude. But it is still very, very just kind of trudge and, and go. I think through a lot of the beginning of it is but i mean the the way that they implement the score the like the music is awesome the music's fantastic the environment is unbelievable the different levels of structures that you can build and the fact that like you, your job is essentially like you're like a glorified postman right but like you're you're trying to reconstruct america the cutscenes are awesome. This is one of the most original games I've ever played. Like 100% the most original game I think I, I've probably ever played. It, it's it's so interesting. And then you have like the, uh, the, 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 the BTs or whatever they are. Um, I, I don't know. Like the enemies that are like invisible, but they're not. And then like, like you fucking take a shower and... And the blood you rinse off your body goes down the fucking drain and they make these vials and you carry them. They're called blood bags and you use them for grenades to like destroy these invisible BT things as you're traversing the, the world. And, it, and like the rain has this element called time fall and it speeds up because no one knew what this fucking game was about. And I didn't really know either. But the, the rain, if you get hit by it, it'll speed up time, everything it touches. So the cargo you carry when it gets wet, it slowly disintegrates. Because it ages, but then you have like these repair spray things that you get to spray it and shit and like rebuild it. And like you can build these time fall structures, which are like big umbrellas that like if you go under 
Um, it'll repair all your fucking cargo. And like, dude, like you get like there's these mules who are like fucking like bad guys that are post delivery guys that are just addicted to the fact of making transportations and they try to mug you and stuff and you have to fight them off. And like there's like this the the little fucking thing on your shoulder. It's so fucking rad, dude. And like you get a bike motorcycle thing um you uh, you also build roadways based on the elements that you that you can that you can carry and you build this infrastructure and everything's fucking connected dude it's such a fucking brilliant game and uh it's like it's it's a lot it reminds me a lot of uh um dude what was that fucking ps3 game that everyone's had like a uh, come to God moment when they played it because it was so so weird. You didn't realize you were playing with other people. Uh, what, about Journey? Yeah, it's got a lot of Journey in it um, in the regard that like once you establish the chiral network in this game, um, which means you complete enough missions and then and then you connect point A to point B through like a network. Um, that area now um, will will now show you Sam like your character Sam Fisher. Sam Porter, sorry. Uh, you will get to be able to fucking like see other people's buildings that will help you make those deliveries back within that Cairo network a little easier. So, and then, like for instance, like if I have a bike and it runs out of battery life, I can look to see in if if I've opened up the Cairo network, I can check to see if anyone has built a fucking like recharging station, and then I can try to get there and recharge my bike. And maybe there's not. And, and like there's and like people can leave things to help you in these post boxes that you can pull out and fucking just take like they can leave grenades they can leave extra boots in a very Kojima way like like very like there's like a boot rack on your bag because your boots wear out and you just fucking like make sure you have good boots and you got to fucking replace them and then when they're bad you can just like recycle them and get materials for them it's so fucking Kojima but it's so good it's like I don't know, man. I can understand why the game's divisive, but I really believe that if this thing's going to open up even way more when I get to to, the, to California. Like I just believe that like this shit's going to turn into something else because a lot of people are like, "Oh, just wait till you get to the second part. Just wait till you get to the second part. It's fucking nuts." And I think that like. Yeah, I don't know. It's fun for really what it is, and there's something really gratifying about. Making deliveries in Death Stranding, and uh, I'm really hot on this game right now. Sorry, but like making deliveries in Death Stranding, and, you, and like your character is like trudging, right? And and like you can get these floaty things now. I built these floaty things that you can put extra cargo on that you wrap around your waist, and you fucking like have ladders, and you fucking climb in the ladder with all this fucking weight on your body, and this thing hanging off your waist, and you're fit, taking all this cargo. You're going through mountainous terrains. You're building ladders to cross bridges. You're uh, Man, it's insane. It's so good. But like when you finally get to that point and you've been attacked by like killer like killer whales that come out of the ground that are covered in tar and people trying to pull you under into the nether regions, nether realm. I, I, I don't know what the fuck's going on. When you make it to your location and it really felt like you had to fight tooth and nail to get there and you fucking make that delivery, it just feels so gratifying. Like, I can't believe I fucking made it. Like, so awesome. My cargo didn't get destroyed. I didn't get hit by, like, crazy rain. I was able to get everything to this person. They're really grateful. They're going to fucking give me some sort of awesome boondoggle to, like, use 
I don't know, for like my next journey. And like the more deliveries you do for all these different locations, the more shit they award you with and upgrades, which make your game easier to play. And the more you contribute to the Cairo network, the more tends to show up in the Cairo network, it seems like. So like the first the first area, all of the roads were fucking built by the time I finished. Like people were just chipping in and building roads as we went and like they would fucking just show up and I could take the bike and just take make all these fucking deliveries real fast and then like eventually it gets you to a point where like you got to kind of start fresh again, like middle America. So awesome. And Norman Reedus is so good. And uh, he, he's a man of few words. I like the little quirks, like his character, Jake. Like he, he doesn't like to be touched. So like, it's just like such a Kojima thing. He just like he won't shake hands with people. Like he doesn't like anyone touching him, which is awesome. I don't know why, but it's so cool. It's just the intricacies, dude. How far have you played this game? I know you dabbled in it. How far did you get? Um, uh, I was probably maybe four hours into dude, it. Dude, you gotta fucking play more. So I I did want to go back to it. I just. I really don't like the balance mechanic when you're walking. Yeah. I know that, um, like, everything else about the game I thought was fucking amazing. I just mm. found the balance mechanic. I, I understand why people are like, oh, Kojima's gamified walking and stuff. But it's like, <laughs> to me, it's like, I'd rather just fucking walk. Like, I'd rather... I'd rather just walk. Even if all I'm doing in this game is walking and it's got this cool soundtrack and this Mm. awesome atmosphere and I got to build these bridges and shit, that stuff I'm fine with. But I hate just like, oh, I'm just like walking up a hill and I'm not paying attention and I don't hold the fucking trigger down and Sam Bridges just falls down a fucking hill and all my cargo goes all over the place and I got to go pick it all up. I find that part of the game super annoying. But other than that, I mean, the presentation is is amazing. I'd like to get... Uh, I'd like to get back into it. There's just so much other stuff to play. Dude, it's I'm so definitely going to get back to it before the second one comes out because I think I would like to see what it's all about. But um, yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it, dude. I, well, your brother wrote in and he and he said like he'd been playing. Like Josh was writing in telling us like he was been doing Death Stranding and he was like trying to encourage you, like poke you along, and, like probe you along to do it. But like Big Box was talking about how like you know is there a multiplayer game that maybe you would be interested in, dude. This game is 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 as multiplayer as you can get without actually being multiplayer. Um, you don't really encounter anyone else, but you can reap their efforts and their their. You know what I mean? So like, it's integrated into the network. So like, it would be a neat game for you to play and be able to like, you know, maybe share interactions with people without having to actually fucking deal with people. Like, because you can like their structures. And Kojima, like, plays on, like, the whole, like, there's even a lot of subtext, like, like people just doing things for the sake of getting likes and how it feels good and people like that. You know what I mean? So, like, you being a delivery, there's, like, this meta thing where, like, you can just like other people's shit that they build in the Cairo network. And then when they power up their game, they'll get, like, oh, you got, like, 300 likes from, you know, Jake Saws or what? And you're like, oh, cool. Someone liked what I did. So, like, there's this weird fucking meta thing that, like, he's he's being, uh, I think there's a lot of social commentary on that. You know what I mean? But, like, he still implemented it into the game in such an interesting, like, smart, intelligent fucking way, um, which makes you kind of think about things. I don't know. It's so good, dude. I don't know. It is interesting how he did use sort of like some of those uh, social media features. I mean, I ignored all that stuff in the game because yeah. that's just not really my thing. But I, I, it, I like the. It's it's very. 
Kojima, how he found a way to sort of use some of these technologies in a video game in a in an interesting and thoughtful manner. Put a spin on, but yeah, it's it's definitely neat. Yeah, dude, it's so rad. Like I, I can't get enough. Of, I'm totally hooked. Like I, I usually a game doesn't grab me like this, and uh, I was nervous going into it, and I got it through the PlayStation. Uh, extra you know and they have the director's cut on there and i was like i'm just gonna fucking get it and just see um after i beat stray and i don't know why i picked this game because i feel like it's gonna take me forever to fucking get through Uh, if anyone's played death stranding i am probably around where kansas would be on the map so i've made it quite a ways um but i uh have quite a ways left to go on my journey and i don't know maybe something crazy happens and you can rapidly teleport to the end somehow maybe something weird maybe they make you trek the rest of the way i don't know but man, this game's so fucking good. I recommend it to all the listeners. Fucking play it. You know, make your own opinions about it. Don't let other people tell you that it's good or bad. It's one of those games that you just have to try, and you won't know unless you try it. And you're like, yeah, this is cool or this is dumb. But everything that I heard about this game when it released was like, this isn't what we expected. This is lame. This is a walking simulator. This isn't even good. I never heard anything about the story. I never heard about how anything about the Cairo network. I didn't hear anything about like. You know, the mules and the fucking hunters that try to track you down and like, you know, the, all the cool things that go into this game you don't really hear about. And what seems to be the thing that everyone wants to fucking talk about is how you can't fucking stand up straight when you're walking across like a cliff. And it's like, I get it. Yeah, it's annoying, man. And I, you will get over it, though, if you just play it long enough. The easiest thing to do is just hold L2 and R2 while you walk. You actually can get modifications to your suit that, like, enhance your skeleton that run on battery power that gets drained when you go through water. But, like, it helps you, like, just be able to, like, carry the load a little better. So the further you go, it gets a little easier. So I highly recommend playing a little bit further. I think you'll really like it. Jake, what are you playing? Uh, So I beat Callista Protocol. Ooh. I really enjoyed that. It's a it's a great game, especially if you like games like um, Dead Space. I will say that Dead Space is ultimately probably a better game, but I will say that I really enjoyed the Callisto Protocol a lot. There was some stuff. There's this one gameplay mechanic that they had, or, or I don't know if you want to call it a gameplay mechanic or a narrative, probably more of a narrative mechanic that drives me fucking insane. And that is whenever like you have, like let's say you're going through the world with a with a NPC character, and the game always has to find a way to split you up mm. so that you can play by yourself in a single player narrative. Unless it's like one of those games where like part of the gameplay is working with another character. And this game, there was this section where you're with this other character and you're walking along and like some uncharted shit happens where like the walkway fucking breaks and you fall down and now you're separated because you're down in this pit Mm. and you have to like find your way back to them or whatever. This game, I'm not even fucking kidding, in the matter of a half an hour does it three times where it's like, oh, we're like, we just went through the shit 
And now we finally got back to each other. And then we're like, okay, now let's get to this place. And literally five minutes later, another fucking walkway breaks. And I fall like down three stories. <laughs> and now I got to get back to them again. And you fight through all this crap. You get back to them. And then you're squeezing through a thing. And something rips you out of the wall and throws you down the fucking pit again. You got to climb back up. I'm just like, come on. Yeah. Like there are easier ways to extend this game out. Like, you don't have to just keep knocking me down the fucking tower and making me come back up to meet this character. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would say that the the story isn't anything kind of... The story isn't anything crazy. It's pretty similar to... I can understand why people draw a lot of parallels with uh, Dead Space because it is very much a spiritual successor in every way to Dead Space, from the story to the gameplay to everything. Um, but I... <coughs> I don't know. I really enjoy, I really enjoyed it. The graphics are fucking amazing. It's yeah. got some of the best graphics of any game I've ever played. It's on my list. And being, being like a horror game, uh, you know, it, it just totally adds to the atmosphere. And I will say that, you know, if, if you're not 100% sure... I would say you can feel safe maybe waiting until this thing is on sale for like 50 bucks or something like that rather than pay, excuse me, paying a full 70 for it. But there's going to be story DLC for this. I didn't know oh, that. Wow. And the end of the game, it like literally like it ends and you're like, oh, I totally can see what the story DLC is going to be for this. Huh. Like a mini expansion for it. And so part of me is like, Part of me almost is like I, we don't we don't have any clue when the the DLC DLC is going to come out, but part of me is almost like I wonder if you could almost just wait until the story DLC is out to play the game because then you could just get the whole experience and not have to because I I really struggle going back to games to play story DLC when it's been months or even a year since I played the main story, so we'll have to see how this goes. But I did really enjoy it. Um, the other game that I've been playing is we got it on PS Plus. I've been playing Axiom Verge two, Ooh. and uh, it's if you liked Axiom Verge, the first Axiom Verge, it's very much the same kind of game. Like you're the main character gets transported to another world where there's all these like. Uh, like mechanized enemies that are fighting you and you're trying to figure out how to open a portal back to the world that you came from. Now, the 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 story itself, like that aspect of it is the same from both games. But the story itself, the reason the characters are there, who the characters are and all this stuff, it's all completely different. So the context is a little bit different for everything, which is kind of neat. Um, like there's actually, you actually come across other human characters and you talk to them and they try, they're like, yeah, we're trying to build a portal back, but we, we, you know, we're missing this component or whatever we're trying to get. And so, you know, you're trying to sort of help these people build this portal to get back as opposed to the first game where you just drop in as by yourself as the scientist and you do all this shit and eventually open this portal. So it's pretty cool. I the art is awesome. The game controls so well. It's a perfect D-pad game. You know, I don't use the. I really hate using the the joystick for two D platformers. The it analog, just doesn't yeah. like it. It it 
it works. In some games, you kind of have to use it. But I would say that for this game, it, it really helps to use the – for me anyway, I really enjoy using the D-pad. The one thing that I will say is that I can understand if people would not like this game as much as the first one. And I think that I'm maybe in that camp. And the only reason why I say that is I don't know if you remember, but the first game, you basically – all of your weapons were like all these crazy guns and stuff. Right. That like you had a you like had a you were scientists and you found all these guns and they all did different things and they all shot all these weird projectiles and stuff. In this game, it's a lot more like melee and like abilities. It's it, in in like the atmosphere seems like it's based around. I don't know, like a like some sort of. It seems like it's like the 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 history of this world is almost based around some like Middle Eastern myth like uh, history or something like that. There's all these weird like crazy statues and shit that like seems like these old humans lived there and they have these gods and that are machines and stuff. It, it's really it's really interesting. But like when you, I, I'm only maybe four. Four or five hours into it, yeah. But uh, the like the only ranged weapon that I have so far is just a boomerang, and boomerangs, in my opinion, are notoriously terrible fucking weapons in video games, <laughs> just because they're they're really hard to control. You know what I mean? You can throw them and then you can bring them back to you or whatever, but they don't. You know, you have to worry about that recoil, like bringing the boomerang back. You can't just keep firing. Right. So you have to be strategic about how you use it and how you recall it and all this stuff. But you get all these – like you get some melee weapons and stuff and they're a little bit more, you know, down to earth. Like the first weapon you get is an ice pick and then you can find like an axe and you can – there's like a sword that you can find and all this stuff. And they all do like different damage and level and stuff like that. But you also get these abilities – which are pretty neat. Um, like one of them that I just unlocked recently is you have the ability to drop a drone, like a like a like this little like spider looking thing, and you project your consciousness into it. So like <laughs> your body is just like literally in stasis while like this little thing. drone is running around. Yeah, and you can use it to get through certain areas, and and then as the little droid, you get little upgrades. Like one of them is like a like a uh, a sling, I don't know if they call it a slingshot or or what they call it, where you can like because it's small and it can't jump as high. He has this ability where he can throw like a like a grappling hook and then launch himself up, so you can get up to higher platforms and things like that. Um, but it is it's really hard. I'm not gonna lie, I I was kind of shocked at how difficult it is. And I will realize that Metroidvanias, I've always liked them. But they're starting to sort of cool for me a little bit just because um, I'm less inclined to enjoy games where I got to keep going back to places that I've been before and and remember like where this passageway that I couldn't get through before, like I got to remember where that was. So when I get the ability, I can go back to it and do it. And, and these maps are so big that it's like you got to go a fucking long way to get to it. Dude, I'm five hours into the game and I just unlocked the ability to fast travel. So like for the first 
you know, five hours. I'm, if I want to go from here to the other side of the map, I mean, it takes a while to get there and hopefully you don't die between checkpoints or whatever. I think that other games, more recent games, have done a better job of on the map uh, giving you a hint as to where the barriers are and what abilities are required to open them. So you don't have to just memorize all this shit. And because that's a very old school way of thinking is having to memorize Draw all like that a stuff. Map now on they, paper, like, yeah. Yeah. And they have like a coordinate system so you can remember like what coordinates are what. And they do have like the ability to place a marker on the map if you want, but you can't assign any sort of note or anything to right. it. So it's just a, you know, you have like 500 plain ass markers on the map and you're like, I don't know what any of these are. Come back here and when you can jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like if you took, if you take manual notes, I'm sure it would help a lot. But I, I just I don't have the patience. Well, for I think that, that but... falls into like I don't want a video game to feel like a homework assignment. I want to have fun. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where I'm at. And to be fair, I mean to be fair, I'm I'm still enjoying it, and yeah. I like being like, oh, I remember this place, and so now I can get there, and I can go yeah. through this area or whatever. I do enjoy that part of it. But like for example, that game I was playing last year that I talked about some on the podcast on that that was called like. Uh, like Wonder Labyrinth, yeah, I remember Deedlet, yeah, something, something. I don't remember title. what the fuck. Yeah, it had some gnarly Japanese title. Um, it had this cool feature on a map where when you would beat a specific boss or like an unlock a specific ability, it was color coded. Mm-hmm. And before you got that, like on the map, there would be all of these areas where transitions between map blocks would have a color on them. So, like, if you didn't have, like, the quote-unquote blue ability, there would be all these places where the map would end and then it would have, like, a blue marker on it. And then so, like, whenever you got that ability, it would be like, oh, I got the blue thing, whatever the fuck that is. Mm. And now you're like – you pull up the map and you're like, okay, here's a blue – here's a blue passage, here's a blue passage, here's a blue passage. And you can just go to those That's places. Nice, now, I, I granted, you know, maybe that – game was a little bit simplified in terms of the abilities and all that but it there's there's got to be a way for these games to be able to give you a little bit more information like that yeah. cuz i think it just it it helps streamline the process a little bit rather than running cuz i had this problem with the first game where mm. i couldn't find something mm. and finally it got to the point where i just had to look up a guide yeah cuz i was like yeah that's right i, got with I, I can't yeah, I was like, I can't get through this. I have no idea where I'm supposed to go. I don't know what's going on. And it's like like this one room of this one level, like in the top corner, there's a wall that looks solid that you could like shoot with a specific gun and it would blow it away and you can get through it. And I was like, come on. Like, I don't want to fucking spend hours looking for this shit. <laughs> That's the old man in us. Like, yeah, you know, I, I guess mean, if I were like a 15-year-old kid, I'd probably be like, oh, dude, check this out. You know what I mean? But... It's just all perspective. You know what I mean? It's what you like in gaming now versus what maybe what you liked when you were younger and like what these designers are trying, like their demographic. But I'm 100% with you, man. That, that game you're talking about is called Deedlit Wonder Labyrinth was what it was called, I believe. Um, is that right? Uh, so it was called something like that. I kind of – I tried to look uh, at record it. Of, record of Lobos War. Deedlit Wonder Labyrinth. Deed <laughs> – yeah, for the listeners. record of Lotus War, Deed Lit in Wonder Labyrinth is what it was called. Yeah. That game is actually good, so people <laughs> should go play it. It, it is really fun. Boy. The name is fucking stupid, but the game is really fun. Yeah. Um, 
anyway, so I am, you know, as much as I complain about the some of the mechanics of the game, I am really enjoying it. But it does give me vibes like, did you ever play the – you played Shovel Knight, didn't you? I feel like I did. If you didn't, you're fucking stupid. I think I did. What was the other game okay. that I played? I don't know. I'm thinking of another shovel game, but not Shovel Knight. What do you mean? What it's other like one where game? you dig. You dig. SteamWorld Dig is what I'm thinking of. I get that confused with Shovel Knight a lot because I think of the shovel, right? Dig and shovel. You ne- you never played Shovel Knight. I think I have. Here, i got to look up a graphic of it. Hold on. But, yeah, and then we're going to get on with the show. But let me look here. Um, shovel Knight gameplay image. Let me see here. No, I don't think I ever played this game. Dude. This is a this is like a must play. Yeah, I've not I've not for, played this for game. PS4. I've not played. It this is game. Um, it, it's amazing. Anyway, so <laughs> so you won't understand this, but there they did a DLC for it called uh, it was the Plague Knight DLC. I don't remember what the actual name of it was, <laughs> but me. basically the DLC was you can play the game, but instead of playing it as Shovel Knight, you play it as Plague Knight. Okay, and the the way that his attacks and everything work. They just didn't jive as well as the as Shovel Knight's attacks and stuff work. And that's kind of how I feel a little bit about Axiom Verge 2. It's like they changed up the the theme of your abilities and attacks and everything to kind of fit with this new story and world and all of that. And while I do think it's good, I think it's more enjoyable in the first game to just run around and you got your fucking lab coat flowing behind you and you're shooting all these weird-ass guns and yeah. stuff. So... Uh, yeah, but anyway, that's enough of that. I really enjoy I, I'm enjoying it so far. All right, though. cool. Well, let's get on to more of what we do on the show. We had some listener feedback. And, uh, you know, we were doing a really good job of keeping our show a little shorter. And I think the listeners appreciated that. But you know what? Fuck it. You know, we're going to keep doing the show how we need to. Um, I like those conversations, Jake. It's nice when we're playing games because for a long while it was, there was a dry spell where we didn't, weren't really playing anything new. So... I appreciate. So just just real quick before we move on, yeah. just to give you the list, listeners a, an idea, I just looked it up on on Metacritic. Yeah. The first Axiom Verge has an eighty seven yeah. on Switch, great, yeah. and the second one has like a seventy six or seventy five or something like that. Comparable, so is good. Yeah, and and I was wondering why I didn't hear anything about this because Ax- the first Axiom Verge was a hit on PlayStation it was Four. Great, yeah, I played it. So, but. Like I think whenever you announced it, I don't remember we talked about it in the fall. I was like, I didn't even know this game was fucking out on PlayStation. I thought it was on Switch only. Yeah. And so it's kind of weird. Anyway, continue. Yeah, no, we're good. Listener feedback. Let's get into this. And I apologize to some of the people who are writing in. My YouTube was not giving me notifications. So for a while, you guys had written and I hadn't responded. But so we'll, we'll do the responses here real quick. Played by Ken writes in. Seven days ago, I forgot you guys were doing this, talking about the God of War spoiler cast bonus episode. And I said, I forgot you guys were doing this, so it was a nice surprise to find a bonus episode during the week. A lot of interesting points. I think God of War 2018 was the most well-made game I've ever played, but I was really ready for it to be over by the end. Ragnarok being much longer sounds like too much God of War for me at this point in time. Even though I'm sure it's an excellent well-made game, game once again, I enjoyed hearing your opinions on the experience. Thanks for another great episode. You're welcome, Play by Ken. Yeah, that's why I'd like to do more of these uh, spoiler casts for these bigger name games. And uh, 
We still got to do Mass Effect 2. Yeah, we do. And I think, uh, my, I think my brother's playing it right now, actually. Yeah, and he left us a nice little comment. And so we'll, we'll jump down to, to, to Josh's uh, comment here, um, feedback. And uh, he said, 10 months behind on this discussion. He was commenting on the Mass Effect 1 discussion. <laughs> and he goes, 10 months behind this discussion, but I finally got around to playing Mass Effect 1. I think you guys skipped a decision in your Caden versus Ashley topic. You were basically forced to choose between those two characters twice. Once when they volunteer to go to the suicide mission with Captain Kirk. Oh, this is kind of spoilerish. I don't know if we should talk about this. Um, but anyways, you get to pick a choice. Josh says, I made a comment that I chose Ashley. Uh, Jake, I think you chose to stick with uh, the other dude. Um, I forget, Caden. And uh, your brother yeah. essentially says that he's stuck with Caden as well. Um, but there's a maybe like a part in there where like the people d- decide to do different things towards the end. And I didn't pick up on that, but uh, he said he also did save the council with his decision. So, um, but he said unrelated. The voice acting for Shepard was incredibly bland. The character itself yeah. was very boring to me, but the voice acting didn't help. I th- I've heard that the female Shepard is better. Yeah. So I yeah definitely. I mean, I I always I played as the male Shepard, but no. my understanding is that the female voice actor is a lot better, and technically. So I think – I don't remember if we – I can't remember if you – I know I chose to not save the council. I went after the fucking That's Leviathan or whatever. That's what I did, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that what Josh did, saving the council, is technically considered the good ending. The canon ending? The better one? No, just just the, the good, the paragon, the, you know, yeah. I'm a good guy ending. So oh, cool. Well, stay put. Stay tuned. We're going to do a Mass Effect 2 spoiler cast soon. God, I actually feel like I need to fucking replay it because I don't remember what the hell I did. I've got some notes lying around somewhere. I'm going to watch a recap. We'll talk about it. I do remember the game. Um, One Black Talon writes in, since Fred is a 3D printer, I wonder if you can make your own charging stand for the PlayStation VR controllers. There are files for the DualSense stand to be 3D printed. That's a really good point. Um and I, I did leave uh, One Black Talent a comment. So my printer is a resin printer, and it's got a small build plate. I don't think the kind of uh, uh, heftiness of what I would need to support a DualSense or even a, a headset, a VR headset, is can be done on my printer, unfortunately. They make FDM printers, and in fact, they have resin printers that have bigger build plates. So maybe down the road. But yeah, there's a lot of aftermarket 3D files, STL files available online. So if you guys get like an FDM printer, you can probably print all kinds of shit um, for your PlayStation. All kinds of cool little holding devices and, you know, there's a lot of stuff you can do with 3D printing. So that's a that's also something to remember. And that's how I printed off this little cyberpunk version of uh, whatever his face is. Um, I forget his name already. But uh, yeah. Jackie? Jackie. Yeah, Jackie Wells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, 3D printing's cool, and I think it's here to stay. And then uh, as far as uh, our favorite games of 2022 and our anticipated games, episode 257, Big Box writes in. Big Box, I think maybe we got you on the hook here. So thanks for coming back. Uh, I think we've got, an, I've got another one here, Big Box. <laughs> one by one, we're going to win over our listener base. Um, no, but we appreciate you writing in, man. So he writes, gentlemen, I just picked up for Horizon Forbidden West. Thanks in part to it popping up in your best 22 list. Unfortunately, whenever I play it, seven hours so far, I immediately have a seizure, nightmare, hallucination thing where I can't tell if I'm playing Zero Dawn from 2017 or Forbidden West from 2022. I feel like Jim Carrey in The Truman Show when he starts noticing things. (laughs) Um, Is it just me 
or was games media from back in the day way harder on sequels that didn't make meaningful design advancements? I really enjoy, enjoyed Horizon Zero Dawn in 2017, but did kind of feel it lost most of its luster by hour 30. Where do you two stand on the importance of moving games forward as a medium versus polishing well-established formulas? Bonus, what do you want slash need to see from Horizon 3? Happy, uh, thanks and happy 2023. Thanks for writing in, Big Box. Really appreciate that. That's a really good conversation. Um, and I guess we can comment on that real quick. I do think 2017 was very much like uh, – Zero Dawn. I like the story better of uh, or uh, whatever the hell the new one is. Well, Forbidden West. I like the story better in Forbidden West, to be honest. Um, it did feel a lot like the last one. And uh, much like God of War, Ragnarok felt much like God of War. Um, I think they're worried about breaking the thing that did so well, but they're doing little enhancements. So, Jake, do you have an opinion on the two horizons being samey? Um... I mean, they're not going to change it that much. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're, they're when you're talking about a direct sequel, it's not going to be like a fucking God of War Ascension to God of War 2018 kind of change. Like that right. that can't happen on a direct sequel because you have to have you have to have a through line, a consistency and all of that. Now you can toy with the mechanics a little bit and they did. I mean, same thing with God of War 2018 versus God of War Ragnarok. It's they tweak some things about how the combat works. They tweak some things about how the inventory some stuff works types. and everything. And like they added some weapons and things and, and different enemy types and all of that. But they didn't change so much that it breaks the mold because they want people to feel like they're familiar with what they're playing and they're not thrust into a completely foreign thing. I mean, they did the exact same thing with The Last of Us, yeah. Uncharted, all of these games from one game to the next. And they, they all get longer. And they, yeah. These well, Uncharted maybe is the exception, well, but no, I don't know. Uncharted yeah. four fucking long, dude. I don't think it was that long, dude. It was long, dude. It was still shorter than Last of Us one. Oh, yeah, but it was, it was longer than Uncharted three. Well, yes. So it got longer yes, in the series. Sir, sure, sure. Okay, so, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think that. I can understand where you're coming from a little bit, and I can understand why people might have this reservation a little bit. But to me, it's a matter of, I guess, from a business perspective, it's a matter of you, excuse me, you've really got to be careful with what you do. You know, more often than not, these game, these companies, and this has been the same for ever. I mean, think about the like the last the last game that you played. They got a direct sequel that was vastly different. Maybe like Zelda to Zelda 2. <laughs> like those yeah. two games were vastly different. But and that was 30 40 years ago. Yeah. So you're I agree. you know 30 so you think about even something like Ratchet and Clank to Ratchet and Clank 2. Those games played exactly the same. They just had different worlds, different characters, different guns, different this, different that. But the mechanics were very similar. And I think the reason why people are starting to get a little bit fatigued by it is just, just that these open worlds, Horizon, just to be an example, is just that there's so you spend so much time in these games. You're doing so much of the same collecting and doing things yeah. over and over again that, you know, when you go to do it the next time, you're like, I've already fucking done this for 30 hours. Do I want to <laughs> do it again? 
And I guess the other thing that I would wonder too is when was the last time you played the like when was the last time you played God of or sorry Zero the Dawn? first Zero Dawn? Did you was the last time you played it in 2017? Because that was you know five years ago. Considering when uh, Forbidden West came out, it was a five year gap between the two. So if it was five years, like I played Forbidden or sorry Zero Dawn when it came out, Platinum did immediately, and then didn't play it again. Right. And then I played her. Uh, Forbidden West, but you did and Frozen I didn't Wild, have so didn't much trouble. DLC, Frozen Wild, I did, but that was like like maybe a year later, sure. and it was like okay. I don't know, maybe you know, maybe ten hours or something. So it wasn't like a big thing, and it was a whole new map and all this stuff. So it wasn't like super, super and and even that I struggled with. I struggled with playing through Frozen Wild. It was hard, but that's but uh, I mean, it was it, <laughs> yeah, but um, but if like if you played. Forbidden West recently, I can totally understand. Sorry. If you played Zero Dawn, let's just say Horizon 1 and 2. If you played fucking Horizon 1 recently, I could totally understand being fucking burnt out and not wanting to play uh, Horizon 2 with the exception of maybe being interested in the story because I do think the story is gets kind of bananas. I love um, the story in 2. I think it's so cool. And I do think that there is a little bit like people, even when Horizon 2 came out, people did have some complaints about the fact that they didn't like Aloy at the beginning. They felt she was kind of standoffish and kind of bitchy. And like there was like, like it was kind of like meh for the first so many hours. Mm. But it does pick up quite a bit. Now, I don't know where you're at in the game, but I. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I had the same problem with The Last of Us Part 2. I made the mistake of playing The Last of Us Part 1 immediately before playing Part 2. And when I did that, I think it kind of ruined my experience with Part 2 mm. a little bit. Because I was just fatigued with the, the slinking and the sneaking so and the yeah. all that. There's a bit of that. And then I think also there's a bit of this. Like, where uh, you remember horizon one as being really good or being what it was right you enjoyed it but it was kind of long kind of lost its novelty after a while you remember that and then you jump into horizon two and you're like man this is exactly like the first one but really on a side by side or like on a there's a lot of quality of life improvements to part two there's a lot. So look, it, it probably plays and feels just like you remember the first one. Um, but maybe you played them back to back. So I don't know. I, th- I think it could go either way depending on the situation. Like what Jake said or maybe maybe a bit what I'm saying. Like I feel like I – you know, I, I think the same thing goes. Like if I were to play The Last of Us on PS3 and then have never played it again and then I played it on PS5, the new remaster, my brain probably would be like – it's the same fucking thing. This is exactly – they haven't changed anything. You know what I mean? Like this is how I remember it. Like the brains are weird like that, the way we recall things, the way we remember things. So I do think that these games, God of War 2 and uh, Horizon 2, both had very nice quality of life improvements. The overarching theme on our show has been longer doesn't mean better. And so I think that we're running into that with a lot of these sequels. 
He's like, Last of Us 2 was way too fucking long. Horizon 2 could have been shorter. Uh, I feel like uh, God of War Ragnarok could have been shorter, you know, at least by five hours, each of them. But I don't know. That's just where I'm at. But the next question he asks is, what do you want or need to see from a Horizon 3? Dude, I don't even know that mm. I'm in yet on a Horizon 3. Um, I want to see it. First of all, I don't know that we can really comment on any of the narrative aspects without spoiling the right, second right. game. So. So I don't really want to comment there, it's but tough. if you want to talk about if you want to talk about the gameplay, I don't know. I mean, something I that feels as good of, as the Leviathan X, a weapon that feels awesome to use. Yeah, a, a, does she? Have I honestly don't grappling hook or something. The, I she's there's something. I, the thing that sucks is that like <laughs> God of War is so. In my opinion, God of War is probably the best feeling gameplay of any of Sony's yeah, games. Yeah, it's so fucking period. good. Period. Bar none. So, so the thing, you know, when you're talking about, um, I think he was, did he say something about... What's that? God of War. Was he the one that said he didn't, was curious about jumping into God of War? No, I don't think so. Uh-uh. Um, anyway, but the thing about God of War that I think... It really boils down to your tastes. If you don't like the gameplay, if the gameplay doesn't do it for you, and it's just the story or whatever, yeah. then it's probably there's probably nothing that game three is going to do that's going to that's really going to hold your interest. They're not going to dramatically change the gameplay. It would be awesome if they could come up with some combat that felt a little bit more powerful like the god of war stuff but i think that that kind of flies in the face of aloy's character and the enemies that she's fighting the whole point of that game is that she's taking on enemies that are way more than she should be you know tackling i think something they could do i don't mean to interject i I think something they could do because what you said just kind of made me think about this what if uh just spitball horizon three right let's say Aloy has this ragtag group of followers, people that like her now, um, and you can select your character for each of your little mini missions. Like, who do you want to – like, remember Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, where, like, you could change the character depending on the mission? Um, I think they gave you a point at some point. No, you would switch him in the middle of the mission to do different things. So, like – what if you had a way of like cycling through characters somehow using holograms or something, some sort of like weird transportation, futuristic thing? I think that would be really fun. Um, you know, because I, I think I'm kind of over playing Aloy. Like, give me silence. Give me someone else that I can play with for a bit. Because what they didn't do, and this isn't a spoiler, it's a non spoiler, but it might allude to things. What they didn't do that a lot of Sony third party uh, action games, Sony first party third person action games do, is. Ever since The Last of Us allowed you to play as Ellie, um, all these games are like, oh, now you can play as this other person halfway through the game. Now you can do this. They haven't done that with Horizon yet. Maybe being able to control um, another character would be open up like something at least new and exciting or interesting in, in Horizon. That's kind of where I'm at. I don't know. It would be an interesting concept. And I know that – but the thing, the thing that I'm wondering, and I'm pretty sure Big Box was the one that was – questioning my my multiplayer (laughs) issues um so funny is that it rumor has it that they're going to be making a multiplayer 
version of Horizon, if not just a multiplayer mode for Horizon. Maybe it's going to be Monster Hunter style or whatever, but where you and your friends can run around and attack and and fight these monsters in co-op and and maybe when I say monsters like robot dinosaurs, but (laughs) you know, I have to imagine that there's going to be some sort of character creator in that and everything and I don't know. I like Aloy's character. I I do I do admit that she was a little bit. I was a little bit like like what the fuck is up with her for like the first you know four five six hours of the game, but then like everything's kind of comes together. Uh, so I don't know. I do admit, I do agree with you though that it would be interesting if they were to give you a little bit more room to sort of switch around with the types of characters that you're playing like 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 like, let's say they did give you the option to play as one of these other characters that has a little bit of a different play style like like maybe you want to be a straight up fucking tank yeah and you can get one of these like your like your your weapons are all like the the machine guns off of dinosaurs and stuff like that and you just run around with this heavy ass armor and just take damage while you attack these bad guys like that would be kind of a cool thing to to bring some true rpg into it i think that would be kind of neat to be honest with you um will they do that for horizon 3 i almost doubt it i could see them maybe doing a like you said like a, a mo like a, a part in the story where you're playing as somebody else honestly if if i'm gonna sit here and say what i think it is it wouldn't surprise me if there are like these flashback missions where you're playing as elizabeth sobeck from before like when the war started originally like a thousand years ago that would be awesome like, that would like, be- like a war like a war game that's in Horizon, but it's like pre-Horizon, like pre the 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 uh, apocalypse that happened, right? And all these freaking monsters and robots and monsters, rather, dino, robot dinosaurs, man child. Um, yeah, like we, fucking, we talked about it on Saturday. The show. Oh, we just talked about robot dinosaurs on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I go to work. Well, how was your weekend? Oh, really good. We just talked about video games and like fucking hung out. <laughs> how old are you? Yeah. <laughs> I love like we, I think we talked about it when they announced uh, the TV show we had talked about like a, like probably a great idea for a TV show would be before the war mm-hmm. about Elizabeth Sobeck and the downfall of humanity and the rise of the AI and all yeah, this be stuff. Really good. Like that would make a great TV show. Like don't make a TV show about fucking robot dinosaurs cuz it's just going to look like shit. Yeah. So unless it's Maybe. animated, right? So well, it depends, man. The CG's gotten really good, but they would have to throw a ton of money at it. A ton. It'd have to be super expensive. Yeah. Anyway, I hope that answers yeah. the question. All right. Probably not, but hopefully it does. Yeah. Well, let's move into the news because we've been going an hour now already, killing it here on the podcast in 2023. And uh, so the news was kind of interesting. A lot of shit happened this this uh, past week, um, which is nice because last week there wasn't a whole lot as they closed out 2022. And some news regarding the Naughty, uh, Naughty Dog hit this week, Jake. Um, first off, uh, Naughty Dog has two games in development that we know that they're working on. The obvious one is the multiplayer for The Last of Us, 
that everybody's been calling factions. I don't think it is a confirmed title at this point, um, as far as that's what they're calling it. And uh, they're also working on another unannounced title, and it's possibly a new IP. It could be uh, Uncharted 5, could be Last of Us 3, could be a Jack game, could be a new thing. No one knows. But Neil Druckmann over there at Naughty Dog acknowledged recently in an interview he said, quote, we did announce Uncharted 4 and The Last of Us Part 2 way in advance. But that actually caused a little bit of the work-life balance issues that we've sometimes had at the studio, end quote. And additionally, he said, quote, by delaying that announcement a bit, we could play with the schedule more. And we're more conscious now about how we're approaching production. So there's our multiplayer project. And there's another project that I will not say anything about. That's beyond uh, that. That we're also very much excited for. End quote. So I think this is a smart approach. You and I have talked a lot, Jake, about studios announcing games like fucking two, three years before it even comes out, and then it's like, oh, great! Now we can just sit here on our hands and just speculate. And I think a lot of this, um, you know, could could also have to do with the fact that the the Last of Us Part Two, the big story beats, leaked. Some some people knew what they were looking for. They got hacked. They fucking found these things. They exposed these game things. So maybe Naughty Dog just being a little more guarded, you know, keeping things closer to the chest isn't a bad thing. And I think more developers should maybe take take heed and maybe follow suit. But uh, with with that being said, we did get a new piece of concept art for the quote unquote factions game, and it looks pretty cool, man. It looks rad. Uh, it you know it looks like The Last of Us fucking huge scale there's this huge fucking cruise ship um somewhere docked up and uh the world looks like it's just gone to shit and there's two people standing there together and what i do like about it is uh i noticed the two characters there um are just two characters right one one person looks like they might have a little bit of weight on them. the other person looks like they're just kind of like I don't know, just a regular person. But I, I like the idea of the new factions game, them sticking with these are just everyday fucking people in the apocalypse, right? I love that idea. Like, you know, they're not like super attractive or super handsome or super uh, well-equipped to take on the end of the world shit. So I just like regular people, you know, in the apocalypse and it, it grounds the game a little more. Jake, what do you have to say about any of this? Not a whole lot. I mean, it's all conjecture at this point, so none of it is really anything that we didn't already know, kind of, other than Neil's comments on when they announce games and how it impacts their perceived schedule for when things get announced. I think he it, it, delaying the announcement of things obviously lessens the pressure on the studio to adhere to a specific schedule, and they don't get questioned about it so much and all this kind of stuff. So that all that kinds of kind of makes sense. This uh, this piece of concept art for the for factions is literally. I, I mean, I don't. To me, I don't really care about concept art all that much because if I look at this, it literally looks like what is that? Oh, it's a fucking world that's overgrown in a post apocalyptic world. Like it doesn't look like anything special. The ship's to me. cool. It, it gives it, it, it the shit. That is the cool part the about scale. it is the cruise ship in the background. Yeah, yeah. scale. Of so there is a. This is clearly like on at some kind of a port, and there's like a cruise ship in the background, which is fucking rad the scale of it is rad but uh 
other than that, it just looks like, you know, random Last of Us location. I think and yeah, go ahead. So that, that's all I really had to say about it. I think what they're trying to convey on these pictures, we, they've shared this concept art for the Last of Us factions that they're doing, is the scale of this game. I, I think that that's the underlying theme. The last one they showed, there were these people on the rooftop, and you could oversee this wide expanse of, of cityscape that was just fucking looked war-torn and messed up. And um, this here, again, you got these two small people but the focus is on the environment and how large this thing looks. And uh, if, you, if 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 this cruise ship is in the game and you can actually get on it and do shit, like man, this game's going to be enormous. If this is just one little section of it, like I, it actually makes me kind of excited for what the fuck they're cooking up because with Naughty Dog, dude, it could be anything. Like it, this game could be anything. Like I don't even know what this is going to be. Like. Are they going to revitalize the way that online gaming works? In uh, their structure, is it going to be more like factions from uh, Last of Us 1? Is, is it going to be just your typical looter-shooter online fucking division-style game? Are there going to be dark zones per se? Or like, what are they going to do here? Like, you know it's going to be probably the shit, but I don't know what it's going to be. Hard to say. Dude, I'm excited about it. Like, I'm with you that the picture doesn't really make me any more excited, but it does get my brain going a little bit to think about, like, what the fuck are they actually doing over there? Like, what the fuck are they going to show us? Like, I hope that what they show us, my jaw just hits the fucking floor because that's usually what happens when they show something new. For me, at least. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Like, I'm so amped. I can't wait for it to happen, but take your damn time. All right. Um... Next news point. This is kind of turning into an urban legend, but kind of with some maybe a little bit of uh, scientific backing. I, I don't know. Some real life examples like it's kind of like Bigfoot, but not Bigfoot. When the PS5 came out originally, they were saying like, oh, you know, what way should you st- should, should it be vertical? Should it be horizontal? How do we store this thing so that like we get the most life out of it? Right. Like, how do you do this? They gave us the weird stand. Sony says you can do it any way you want. So uh, there's been uh, some shit going around this week on the on the internet, um, and what this is, this rumor, this legend, but maybe with some teeth to it, uh, is that the PS5 is more likely to get damaged if you store it vertically. And they're saying the reason is is that the liquid metal used to cool the console, if it's standing vertically, there's a seal that keeps the liquid metal where it needs to be, right? So it doesn't leak onto the components and the, and the other chipsets or whatever. That seal, if it breaks while it's standing vertical, will cause gravity to pull the liquid metal down over your other parts and cause irreparable damage to your PS5. So um, what they're kind of saying is, is you know, uh, well, my takeaway is, is storing it vertically isn't going to break this fucking seal inside. But if the seal happens to break from some sort of impact or some sort of factory defect, if it's stored vertically, it could potentially be more detrimental to your system. Um, but what the fuck do I know about this? But I, I think that it's just common sense. I mean, I'm trying to think of like a, uh, a metaphor uh, or, or like a comparison um, would be like, uh, you know, if your glass has a lid on it and it's tipped upside down, 
You don't have a mess to clean up. But if the lid fucking comes loose while your glass is upside down, it's going to be all fucking over. So just don't fucking turn your glass upside down. This is kind of like what they're saying. But I haven't heard that these seals are breaking. Like this hasn't – this would be a huge news story if these seals were breaking and this liquid metal was just fucking running rampant inside the systems. That's not happening from what I understand. Jake? It's not like a red ring of death situation with Xbox 360 where this is like running wild and it's like a big story. It's so, starting to get traction is the thing because of the way the internet Yeah, but is it, getting, is it getting traction because people are just fucking retweeting and reposting? Yes, that's what's happening. Story? So I want to just calm the listeners down. Like it's not going to happen probably. Store it however the fuck you want to Yeah. I don't know. To me, it's like if that seal breaks whenever your console is laying flat, your console is probably still going to die at some point. Exactly. So it's like maybe it will die a little bit quicker if it's standing up. But even still, I mean, I don't know. My console is standing up. I've had it for over two years now. And – it seems like it's working okay, so Better knock on we'll have to wood, see. Dude. I mean, yeah, I guess. If it fucking fails now, I'm going to feel like an idiot, but I I don't know. The problem is, is the console is so freaking huge yeah. that it's really hard to fit it inside of a uh, anywhere entertainment stand laying down. But I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see on this a little bit, but my guess is that it's probably not as big of a deal as is. The internet would lead you to believe. I'm with you on that. Let's move forward. Consumer Electronics Show, also known as CES. By the time you're hearing this, it has ended on January 8th. Carried some very interesting Sony news as uh, they did, after all, have a presence there, um, which is normal for Sony. And uh, this isn't a video game-specific event. If you're not familiar with CES, it's really uh, just an electronic show for consumers, essentially, where they, people show off their new shit and talk about what the fuck they're doing in their companies. Uh, but they did talk about some video game stuff. And uh, I wanted to talk about a couple things that really stood out to me. And uh, it's fucking weird. Um, they showed off the PSV VR 2 also again, which is launching in February. Um, and they showcased it with a demo of Horizon Call of the Mountain, which was available for all the people who were there. They could try it out. They could play it, all that good stuff. There's lots of pictures of them with the headsets on, people playing this game. Um, but I had comment, and this plays into one, one Black Talon had written in about something earlier about 3D printing fucking holders and shit. Look at this picture I have, Jake. Storing a VR unit is not fucking simple unless you have a mannequin or something in your, in your house, right? I don't want a fucking mannequin. I wish Sony would sell these these stands for the controllers and the headset because they look really fucking good. Um, they, they use these stands to display the unit at these showcases. It would be cool if you could just buy these. Like they would make a lot of fucking money if they would just sell these things. Um, yeah. I don't understand why they don't. Um, I, it makes me want to buy a, a big 3D printer and print these fucking things and sell them online. Um there's there's a market for it. Like I don't understand. Like I don't know, Jake. If they if they sold these stands, would you buy? Would you buy a set for like thirty bucks? Uh, it probably cost more than thirty bucks, but I which is stupid. Uh, I mean, it's just plastic. I would totally maybe. buy it. Yeah, I might. I don't know if I'd have room for them, but I might buy them. I mean, where are you going to put the headset? You can just put it back in the box in and leave fucking, it in the corner in a. 
box and throw it behind my television. Yeah, fuck that, man. I, I don't know. I feel like it needs to be displayed. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like they need, to, they need to offer a storage solution for this headset. It would be so rad. No one else has done that shit as far as I know. Anyways, CES. Um, the next reveal that happened at CES is for all of our racing fans who listen. It was confirmed that Gran Turismo 7 will support PSVR 2 headset. Um, in some way. And it's also going to be a free update to all current owners of Gran Turismo 7. It's not clear whether Polyphony Digital has uh, just one mode or if they're going to allow the entire game to be experienced in VR. Um, and they also announced that Beat Saber is going to be a launch title as well, February 22nd. So that is all fucking good news. Dude, if, if Gran Turismo 7 is entirely VR compatible... I might pull the trigger and get some sort of fucking Thrustmaster steering wheel because how awesome would that be? It would be really cool. I'd like to see it in action. Hopefully they'll do like a like a Gran Turismo 7 demo for VR or something. That would be really neat because I'd like to see how it, how it fits. But I could totally see myself getting into the, the racing thing if, uh, if it was – VR. If it was good enough, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's probably not going to be as graphically awesome, but it will still be fucking good. Um, just uh, like any, like when I was playing Wipeout, dude, the coolest thing in VR when you're racing is doing this. <laughs> fucking seeing the people behind you. It's the coolest thing ever, man. It's like you're fucking there. And people are trying to fucking get around you. You can just turn your head and be like, Meow. And, like, it's so rad. And use the mirrors. Look up at the fucking mirrors, and they're working. And look over to the left. It's so neat. I don't know. It's, it's a whole new fucking thing, man. So I know we have some people. Uh, we had some con- – and, and as a sidebar on this, I really, really love what's going on on the YouTube channel. Jeff had written in and said something about Gran Turismo 7. He wished it played by Ken could maybe, like, fucking – Give them a reason to buy it. Play by Ken Wright's Jeff. And our fucking community is talking to one another. I love it. Be kind to one another. I appreciate all that shit. It's good to see. Let's go to the next fucking thing. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so talking about movies and Sony. Um, of course, Sony's going to talk about the stuff at, at CES, right? This is this is just kind of shit they're doing. They want to talk about their cool cameras that they have out and shit. But they did drop some shit about uh, what's going on. So they doubled down to mention that they're still working on making movies from their game franchises. It was indicated that the goal that some dude stepped up and started talking is like, oh, let's talk to someone from Sony about how they're bringing these into the the movie world. And he he essentially said um, the goal is to not really offend the current fans of the franchise but the goal is also to create a presence for these IPs with non-gamers and to appeal to non-gamers also and they said it's kind of you didn't say this but what I took from it is it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dance right and they did talk about how Uncharted did really 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 well and how they were you know gave them a lot of confidence you know, um, moving forward with that. So with that, we got a glimpse of the Gran Turismo movie, some clips, first time ever. Um, it looks really good. And what I will say about this, uh, you know, a lot of Gran Turismo coming up, man, it's weird, um, is that the story that they're using for this movie is actually based on a true story of a person who got really, really good at this game and then became a race car driver. 
So uh, it seems like really to me, it seemed really cool. It doesn't seem hokey. It's uh, it, To me, it seemed awesome. Jake's got this look on his fucking face. But anyways, uh, it looked like a really cool angle uh, for a title like this because how else are you going to make Gran Turismo a movie, right? Um, except get kind of meta and be like, yeah, here's a dude who fucking learned how to play the fucking game and he actually becomes a real race car driver. Uh, it's not un- it's not unheard of too. That's why I'm smiling because that has happened. That's what I it's mean, based on. Yeah, th- there there used to be an event. I don't know. Maybe even even is a still thing, still a thing where like some of the best Gran Turismo players in the world would compete for a chance to be able to drive a real race car. And some of these guys that were Gran- like the best in the world at Gran Turismo would get into a race car and actually be really good at racing. Because they were so, because they're so good at Gran Turismo, and Gran Turismo is, is such a simulator of a video game. Dude. So, I think it's a really, I, honestly, as far as as far as movie ideas, like how you could present. The only other idea for Gran Turismo that I heard of that would be kind of cool is if they did more of like a like a reality TV show with Gran Turismo, kind of like a Top Gear or something like that. That would be good. Where it was like, where it was like actually about cars. And even if you want to tie in the game and stuff a little bit too, like it would be kind of neat. Cause you could talk about like, oh, you know, this new car is available in Gran Turismo. Let's look at the real fucking car. You know what I mean? And like do some stuff with it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a great idea for a movie. It kind of reminds me a little bit of that, uh, Oh, what was the that fucking name of that? The Last Starfighter. Okay, yeah. yeah. Do you remember that movie mm-hmm. where he he gets really good at the Last Starfighter video game, yeah. and then he becomes like he gets taken up to fight in this world as a pilot? So cool. It, it's it's really neat. Yeah, I, I think it could be a cool game. Well, like I said, or I mean, movie, this is a great angle for this because like it inherently will be promoting the Gran Turismo game, and also it's an interesting story that hasn't really been told on the big screen all the while validating gamers right like so it's just like oh you play video games you play fucking racing games what's that about it's like no fucking like can fucking race a car now you know what i mean like this this is i'm learning from this shit i think people yeah. can so i hope it's good it's actually going to feature uh orlando bloom's going to be in it so is david arbor from the last of uh, uh what's called stranger things stranger things yeah, yeah they're both going to be in it and uh dude the sound on the ces presentation you can watch it online so fucking good. And like they were talking about how Sony has like these really tiny cameras now that are really fantastic. And some of the cars that are racing in this movie are so tiny to get some of the live action shots. They could have only done it with these Sony cameras. Like they like fucking mounted them. Like they're like, I don't know what they fucking to get the quality they got with such a tight space. And like that, I don't know, man, it was really impressive looking. Um, it looks rad. It looks rad. So I don't know. I'm yeah. into it. I'm into it. Next news point. Uh, this one's kind of weird, and it's it's indefinitely the way that VR is going. Um, they kind of uh, toted on the notion of creating creating virtual worlds during this presentation. It was like a forty minute presentation. They talked about using interesting camera placements in live sporting arenas and games, so that people can dial in as fans and look at the action from a new vantage point. Um, and then maybe like getting getting uh, whatever you want to call it, like like uh, information on all the players, and then recreating the game in a virtual world that you as the as the VR user can jump into that world and just position yourself wherever you want on the field at any point and just watch the players do the thing. And like they were giving like an example where like it was a soccer game, 
and somebody had jumped up and headed headed one into the net, and then like it showed like this almost a augmented reality thing of like how high the guy jumped, and it gave a stat like boom, and like it's like wow, this is really interesting, and I think that this is they were talking about uh, Manchester. Um, I didn't really grasp everything that they were talking about, um, but this is Wait, obviously Manchester United or Manchester City because there's two football teams in Manchester. Fuck man, I don't know football. Manchester. <laughs> Yeah, they, have, they have red jerseys or blue jerseys? I don't even fucking remember, man. But it, 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 this is where VR is going, man. And and I think that if you can somehow give seats – they talk to like a musician too. They call this will allow fans to get up on stage and, and be close to where things are going on live. Like if if, if you can give people – people can pay for uh, virtual seat events and you know be on the fucking sideline of the fucking Super Bowl. And be able to just like go like this and watch the Super Bowl in real time. Like, dude, how fucking wild is this shit going to get? Like, you know, get to put like a fucking 360 camera that's hooked up to some sort of wireless network, um, you know, streaming to people that pay for cockpit seats in F1 race cars like during the race. You can just fucking be attached to the dude's fucking helmet and just look around and be like, okay, now I'm in so-and-so's car. Oh, who else do we want a live viewpoint from? And then you're fucking looking at what they're doing with their fucking hands and like, dude, it would be fucking rad. I think we're not far from it. I don't know. It'd be cool as shit. Yeah, we'll have to see. We we haven't gotten PSVR 2 yet, but really what's going to sell that is when the headsets get so good that it's basically like high-definition television. Yeah. So, like, if as long as you've got really great high-fidelity headsets and it's not like this screen door shit like we were getting with the first PSVR, mm-hmm. I think that that's really going to make a big deal because you also got – because they already have the high frame rates. They're already doing, like, 120 hertz or whatever so you don't get sick. And so just have good high-definition high, high uh, video and the ability to kind of move around without – getting too insane and uh i think that'd be awesome i'd be interested to try it out for sure i think the main thing that you're going to run into is the three-dimensional three-dimensionality i I don't think that it's going to be three-dimensional i think it's going to be 360 degrees right maybe full everything but you're not going to be able to like fucking walk out out onto the field right and i think what they were getting at was like if if you like subscribe or you do this thing and this is so far in the future but like if they can take that event and transpose it into a virtual field with like trackers on characters and on the, on the players and shit with like, you know, then you'll be able to fucking be able to re rewatch the game in complete three dimensions and be on the field while it's happening. And that just sounds fucking brain blowing. Um, yeah. So anyways, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. So I wanted to bring that up and uh, really the big, the big takeaway at CES that Sony had the biggest thing they did. And uh, this is huge. This is huge for gamers, and uh, it's huge. Um, it's a huge step forward. They announced Project Leonardo, and they did this under, I feel like, under the radar. And Project Leonardo was announced. It's a highly customizable controller to enhance accessibility for gamers with disabilities. And they, uh, this is awesome. So I couldn't believe that this thing was announced. It looks wild. It's not a conventional controller at all, not even close. Um, it's specifically uh, able to be customized and, and created to tailor towards gamers with um, limitations or disabilities, whatever you want to call it. Um, but this was spearheaded by Sony, 
With the helpful input from organizations such as StackUp, the Able Gamers Charity, and Special Effect, as well as other accessibility experts, there's going to be more details to come on this. Um, I think they're the first game company um, to fucking make this, to bridge this gap or try to. Like, False. Who, who, who? Microsoft did the adaptive controller like eight years ago. What's the adaptive? So- Does it look like this? Does it look it doesn't like- look like it, but it's it's got similar tendencies. Just look, look up, up the Microsoft uh, Xbox Adaptive Controller. I'm doing controller. it right now. Microsoft Adaptive Controller. I've never even heard of this. So it, it's it's a oh, little bit different like in what what it looks like. But um, yeah, they so the Xboxes, it was like they gave you all this hardware and you could kind of plug it all together however you wanted. And you can map any of these things mm. as different buttons or yeah. whatever. And uh, it's the unfortunate side effect of the fact that this is for dis- disabled people is that, or you know, if you want to call them alternative gamers or something sure. like that, is that like it doesn't get a lot of a lot of visibility, right? After the initial, because I remember the only reason why I remember this, is I never because, even heard of it, because Microsoft did this awesome fucking commercial for their adaptive controller mm-hmm. like i want to say it was like maybe five years ago that this came out and it was the commercial the commercial was awesome it was just like showing how all of these different people were able to play games and you know obviously it was very inspirational and mm-hmm. all this stuff but i've been waiting since i saw that commercial for sony to do something and you know i I am in no way being negative towards Sony. Right, right. I'm totally stoked that they're doing yeah, it's this. That's great. I'm just I'm just happy that now both of the major players in the industry are are taking first party strides to make their stuff more accessible to gamers that can't play traditionally. Dude, hundred percent. And I don't know if Nintendo did something like this or has done anything like this. Um, but the fact that Sony and, and Microsoft both have something in this regard. It is really cool, and I'm excited to see more about this controller and how it's actually going to be used by by these types of gamers. Yeah, it's really cool, man. And and the thing about it that I read was that they have been working on this for years, like for a long fucking time. So I believe it. It could. I mean, it could even be that they've been literally working on it since Microsoft was working on their controller, and like this is just the first time that they've come out with it because Sony is arguably much smaller than Microsoft, right? But um, you know, a lot of gamers who are disabled, like you know, let's say gamers that can only play with one hand or mostly only one hand. Some gamers have gotten really good at literally playing first-person shooters on a traditional controller with one hand. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I don't fucking know how they do it. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Like they use like their thumb and their index finger to use both control both the uh, joysticks. Yeah. And then they kind of like, I don't know, it's it's insane. And obviously there's always been stuff available like back buttons for your controller and stuff to make it a little bit more easier mm-hmm. to use or whatever. But the fact that they're 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 developing something specifically for non-traditional gamers is in disabled gamers is just yeah is great. This thing looks like opinion. a UFO. Like this to me, like to me, to me, this is this is more important than anything that they talked about with PSVR. 2. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was the big news point. Um, very, very awesome. So, Project Leonardo, keep your eyes out for that. That is super rad. Um, and then, lastly, lastly. For CES news, the uh, 
they announced that the PS5 supply is is improved. And December was their biggest month ever for PS5 console sales, probably in part to due to Christmas and shit being available. Um, and more than 30 million units have been sold to com- consumers. So more than 30 million PS5s have been sold. Starting 2023 onwards, they announced that PS5 should be more available. And in fact, there are two at our local Walmart, Jake. I was in, I was up there to get some shit, and I just went through the PlayStation aisle, and they had two right there behind the glass. So PS5s, hmm. they were disc loaders. Um, so this is obviously a thing. Um, so I don't know, man. So that's good news. It's good news. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I mean – to know that you can actually get one now if you need to just from the store is is great because it's been like I said it's been two years since I got my PS5 so and a lot of people still don't have them but that's great yeah all right good news moving forward the next news point here is that Bungie has announced they have multiple projects in the works with Sony it shouldn't be any surprise to anybody and per push square Bungie has been working on a new non-destiny IP and are working alongside Sony owned studios to help with other projects which are geared towards the live service model could it be that Bungie is assisting Naughty Dog with factions I'd be shocked if they weren't to be honest with you if if Naughty Dog is truly making factions like a live service like type game like we've like we've suspected something maybe along the lines of a division or something like that it would it would be almost stupid for them not to leverage the three billion dollars they spent on Bungie yeah so that that ha- that makes only the most sense yeah uh, so we'll see if that's the case but that was a nice little blurb that happened this last one or we got two left here um, this is for uh, our World War Z fans because I know we have some people who play this game who listen to the show uh, World War Z Aftermath is coming out and this is going to be a free upgrade it's going to feature a new gen exclusive mode called Horde XL and it's going to be like the Horde mode players are used to but it will include a massive special XL Horde with over a thousand zombies along with that a free update is going to be coming simultaneously with the PS5 version which introduces quote mutators into the standard Horde mode Z game mode along with devastatingly or devastating and deadly new weapons and a revamped and improved weapon progression system end quote World War Z I've never played it Looking at some of the video on this news point, uh, it looked really kind of cool, to be honest. But, I, again, I don't think it's for me because I'm playing fucking Death Stranding right now where there's no zombies or anything. It's just emptiness and good music. So, <laughs> I don't know. Jake, did you – you've never played World War Z, have you? Um, I'm trying to remember if I played – one of them had like a – like a beta test or an alpha test that I, cause there was like, there was a couple of these types of games that came out like back to back and world war Z was one of them. And there was another one. Oh, I'm blanking on it right now, but I tried one of them. I don't, I think it was the other one. I don't think it was world war Z. So I, I don't think I have played this. Okay. Yeah, I haven't. And then lastly, uh, this is kind of a sad news point, and I don't mean to close off the news with a sad point, but it is it is something that happened, and uh, it should be known that this war in Ukraine is still fucking things up, obviously. Um, I wanted to give our public uh, c- condolences to the untimely death of Vladimir Zihov, 
who was a developer for the Stalker game. He was killed during the Ukraine invasion this past week. Hearts go out to his family and loved ones. He previously worked at Ukrainian studio GSC Game World, and the character in the Stalker game named Loki was actually modeled after this dude's appearance. He was uh, People loved him. He was a great developer. He did a lot of work on the game and, and was a video game developer who signed up to the uh, armed forces of Ukraine after February 24th, 2022 to help fight off the Russians, and he was killed in action. So kind of a bummer news, but holy shit, man. Mm, that sucks. It's, yeah, it's real deal. This shit's happening right now, so we're sitting in the comforts of our home. Um, a lot of people are getting hurt out there, and it's it's kind of sad that this is going on still. But let's talk about new games, Jake. There's only one that I could find, and uh, it's called Alphadia Neo. I, I don't even know. January 5th, Alphadia Neo is, is all that showed up on the list when I pulled it. And uh, I wish I had something else to say as far as that goes. And I don't. That's that's all I could find. Thanks, Push Square, for that. <laughs> There's plenty there are there are plenty of video games coming in in the next so many months. So definitely I'll I'll, I'll be totally fine with having a month or, or a week or two of, of very few games. Yeah, maybe I'll beat Death Stranding. So that's it for the show. Jake, do you have anything you wanna say to anybody before we sign off? Any closing thoughts? Uh, um, nah, nah, I don't think so. I think that, uh, I think that I'm good. You know, I'm going to go make some dinner. Mm. Sarah and I've been watching the, the, um, that reboot of Sabrina on Netflix. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. They rebooted Sabrina, the teenage witch. Um, with it's, but it's like a lot, it's a lot darker than obviously the, the show from, Back in the day, I can't remember if that was a TGIF show or not, but um, one of those you know '90s, early 2000s yeah. sitcommy kind of shows. This is this is much more much more serious, and really enjoying it. When we first first started it, I was kind of like meh on it because we just come down off a of Wednesday, and Wednesday has like a much bigger like it's like much more polished. Yeah, the way that it's presented and everything, it's got Tim Burton and all that involved. But we've we. Uh, we kind of pushed through the first couple episodes, and now I'm really enjoying it. So I'll probably keep going on that. It, it just got canceled. There's only four seasons of it. But uh, apparently a lot of people really liked it, so yeah. we'll see. Netflix is real quick to just cancel fucking everything. Yeah. So you got to be a game or you're getting canceled on Netflix. It's why I'm so apprehensive about starting any new new series. Like just unless I know they're going to run for a while. Like, you know, a lot of these ones you get into and then it's like, oh, I got canceled. God, I got canceled. And it's like, fuck, man. Like, why did I waste all my time? You know, I want to find something that's been out and it's complete, you know, and then just I'm perfectly it. fine, though. I'm perfectly fine, though, with a show being done after like three or four seasons. Yeah. Nothing is more daunting to me than starting a show that's got like literally a thousand hours of content. And it's like, okay, I, the complete thought needs to happen though. Right. Like I, you want, yeah, sure. You want them to end it where they intend to end it. And if it's two seasons, one season, three seasons, that's fine with me. It doesn't need to be 18, but I don't want to start investing my time in something and not get closure because they just fucking ax it. Like I would be so mad. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely. So that's kind of where they I'm... should at least give. They should at least give these shows like we're going to cancel you, but you have the opportunity to shoot one episode. 
Yeah, right. You get a closer episode. You know how many of those yeah. would just be like, fuck Netflix. And they'd like throw all these like anti things in the one episode. It'd be hilarious. They'd just like sh- it would be shit funny. talk the, the company or whatever. That'd be so funny. Oh, man. I did watch, uh, speaking of which, um, I did watch uh, one of the new Beavis and Butthead episodes that was on Paramount. Because um, I got Paramount for Top Gun. And uh, it was typical shit. It was, it was actually uh, some of it was kind of interesting. Instead of like rating or di- uh, discussing like a music video like they would do in the original Beavis and Butthead, they were watching like TikTok videos of people <laughs> and like fucking offering commentary on the dumb shit people were doing. And it was actually pretty funny. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead uh, will always make me laugh, and I, that's just the immaturity coming out of me. But they went to an escape room. And uh, there were these two girls that needed like two more people to pair up with to do the escape room, and people from Butter are there for some reason. And uh, the guy's like, "Okay, you guys are good to go." And they're like, "Whoa, we're doing this with chicks, you know." And then they go, and then he's like, "So wh- wh- where do we go?" You know, and he's like, it- "It's to the left." And they get there, and Beavis and Bud take a right, and they go into the fucking bathroom. And then they're like, "Whoa!" Beavis is like, "This looks just like." A bathroom, <laughs> you know, and, and he's like, yeah, and he's like, who would have thought that a mummy's a mummy's tomb looked like a bathroom? And they're so fucking stupid; they think that's the escape room. In the meantime, the two girls are waiting. They're like, are they ever going to come out? <laughs> they fucking have this side conversation, and Beavis Butter like, wow, maybe this. What does it mean? And they found like writing on the stall that said like someone's a dumbass. And he's like, what do you think <laughs> this means? You know, how do we what what, what do we do here? You know, and they do all this. They tr- they clog the toilet. They think it's like, going to get them out somehow, and and then they get out, and the girls are gone. And then uh, as they're leaving, they're like, hey, you know, do you have a bathroom? They're like, yeah, it's on the right. And they go and they take a left. And they end up in the actual escape room and there's like this Egyptian tomb and fucking Beavis is taking a shit in it and Butthead's like pissing in something <laughs> and the and the owner walks in and goes, what the fuck are you guys doing? And they're like, uh, <laughs> <He's> just laughing. <laughs> they're fucking morons and it's so fucking funny. Um, I don't know, man. Mike Judge is funny. I, the stuff he comes up with, I I just think that the, the Beavis and Butthead is so funny to me just because it's so stupid. Um, I love it. I don't know. So I watched a bit of that, but that's it. Maybe we should sign off. I don't know, Jake. What do you think? All righty. All right. So thanks for tuning in. This has been episode 258 of PS. This is awesome. A PlayStation podcast. Thank you again for being a listener. We're going to come into 2023 hot. We're going to keep doing these episodes every week. So tune in next Monday for episode 259. And uh, we'll keep moving. We'll keep the party moving. And uh, again, you can sign in on Patreon. Throw us a dollar a month. If you like the show, we uh, really appreciate it. If you don't have it, it's cool. Um, But, yeah, we do leave some of these episodes out early on the weekend for folks to listen who are patron subscribers. sorry, And uh, they can listen maybe a day day or two early. It's not promised, but we try to do that. Um, So that's about it. So like layers of fear, last stop and level zero. P.S. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome.